There were two people on this list I felt like did not need to be on this list for various reasons. One was honorarily disincluded from my list. You know why? Because he has, what, six goddamn rings. I didn't include Deshaun fucking Watson. Obvious reasons don't need to be discussed. About 24 reasons why I didn't include Deshaun Watson. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 74 of the Fly Route Podcast. This is also the official beginning of our season two. We are really excited to bring you all the hottest news in sports. And as always, I am your host, Anthony, a.k.a. Tony Playboy, a.k.a. Tony Knockout, a.k.a. The Ugly Ass Assassin. And I am... Big focused on bringing us a more consistent cast consistently through this season. And these two are no strangers to you all. I want to, you know, shout out Sam and Marquise rocking with us through this upcoming season. Y'all got any AKAs for yourself? Shit. AKA Keys. You can find me on Twitter at Marquise underscore 35KD. Uh, AKA that Dirk tape drop the night. Sam, AKA... Jameis Winston Revenge Tour, a.k.a. Joe Burrow Top 5. That, Joe those Burrow. are my AKs for today. All right. I'm, I'm rocking with it. I'm rocking it. We are going to kick off football season right. For the next couple of episodes, we are going to be talking the creme de la creme of positions in the NFL. We are going to give you our top 20, starting with quarterbacks this episode, then moving on to wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, etc. as we get ready for what's going to happen this season. So first and foremost, do us a favor. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening on any of the DSPs like Spotify, Apple, etc., make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. Let's get into it. We are talking QBs today. We are doing our consensus rankings. Y'all might be familiar with how we do this. Me, Sam, and Marquise give you give our rankings. For the top 20 quarterbacks in the league, we combine it for a total score to create a consensus ranking for the Fly Route podcast of where we are going to put the quarterbacks this season. Now, we will start at number one. And number one with the total score of four, it should not be a surprise to most of y'all, is Patrick Mahomes. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I don't know. Because. I think it's without a doubt, bro. Look, our, our second. Rank our second ranked quarterback had a score of five, so he was not very far behind Patrick Mahomes, and it was Josh Allen. I'm gonna put Sam on the spot because Sam was the one to have Josh over Patrick for this upcoming season. What's the motivation behind that? I'm not lying. (laughs) Yeah, I got Josh Allen as my QB one going into this season, um, for a couple of different factors. One is them losing Tyreek Hill, I think, and uh, a couple of other receivers. Robinson, I think, also gone. They're bringing in Juju, bringing in Valdez-Scantling. It's just a lot of newness um, coming in to Kansas City, and I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of set up to continue to build on what they've been building on in Buffalo. So for me this year, he's my QB1, taking into account not just – like the pure skill of each player, but also just the situation. Um, I think Josh Allen and Buffalo are set up to have bigger years than Mahomes and the Chiefs, and that kind of factors into to how I rank them. Because to me, they're like 1A and 1B, and I don't think that there's much that separates them. So factoring in team success is just going off for prediction. I think Buffalo will be better. And Josh Allen will have a better year. So that's why I think that, but I don't think anyone's wrong for taking Mahomes number one. Okay. Yeah, I didn't mind that because I, I think it's gonna be very interesting to see what Mahomes looks like without Tyreek Hill. I get Sam's explanation of it. So that's why I don't mind it. Because at first I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But like I don't think he's gonna struggle without Hill. I think he's more or less gonna struggle just gelling with the new guys essentially, like how they play. But I think the advantage he has, he lost one speedster, right? Elite, Olympic speedster. He wouldn't got two more dudes with speed for losing one. Granted, the one he lost is next level. We all know that. 
But he got Mark Mark or Marcos Valdez Shantling. He got Sky Moore. And then he got a sure-handed catcher in Juju. So I feel like that's like a balance. I'm not saying they're better than Tyreek Hill, because Tyreek Hill, we as we saw in that Buffalo game, will change the whole game in less than ten seconds. But he did get people to where now it's gonna their offense, it might not be as explosive, but maybe it's more of I don't even know if efficient is the right word. Cause I don't know how efficient they were last year, but maybe now they're more efficient on letting their defense get a, a rest because their defense is terrible. So maybe now they're like, all right, we can run, play action, shorter passes that we – I mean, of course you'd love if you take it to the house, but if your defense isn't as great – like Buffalo's defense is going to be better this year, right? So their quick scoring hit isn't going to be a problem because now they're going to have Von Miller on defense to help. So like Sam said, their window is going to be even more open – and Tredavious White is going to come back out. Granted, you got to see how he comes back. But I like that. I'll say and put it. I think Buffalo's window, for the, especially in the next two years, is like, it's, it's enormous. Yeah, I saw it, and I almost I, I almost did the same thing. I just want to give Patrick Mahomes the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, we saw when they lost that surefire third option in Sammy Watkins, a little bit of struggles this year. People were playing too high safety trying to stop the big play, but they were doing that because they were afraid of Tyreek Hill. So what does the defense do against Patrick Mahomes now when the fear of Tyreek Hill is not there to force too high safety looks consistently? I'm going to assume Patrick figures it out, but... People just going to try to act like he only on throw to Kelsey. It don't matter what y'all do to Kelsey. Kelsey getting 1,000 yards. That's facts. That's so, facts. It don't matter what defense think they're going to do. Travis going to throw the ball to Kelsey. It's yeah. a matter of – I think you can see a new look pack from home where maybe he throws for barely 4,000 4, yards, essentially, or something. You know what I mean? Okay. All right, so number three at a combined score of 12 for us was Lamar Jackson. And, yeah, your eyes got wide because you were – you, the Ravens fan on the podcast with the Jackson jersey behind him – Gave Lamar Jackson the lowest rating of the three of us. I right, so this is you want me to defend it? Yeah. All right, I love Lamar. I'm the biggest Lamar Jackson. One of the biggest Lamar Jackson fans, Action Jackson. I'm thoroughly upset though because they kept Greg Roman. They didn't go get another receiver. They let go of Marquise Brown. I do think Rashad Bateman can be special, but I don't know how special because everybody's making it seem like he's going to be better than Anquan Bolden was for the Ravens. Like they're putting him like his trajectory is that. Which I don't. Anquan Bolden is arguably one a, a great receiver and all time he stacks up, not one through like fifteen. But when you get the fifteen below, he can knock on the door and be like, "Hey, like make some room." So I just feel like he he's gonna suffer in that, and I feel like they're gonna use him like a battering ram almost. Remember that year when Cam took Carolina, and then Carolina was just like, "Oh, we're we're gonna keep using Cam like this, keep using Cam like this." And I'm hoping the Ravens don't do that with Lamar. I don't know. I'm talent wise, yes. I think three makes logical sense. But if you account for situation, uh, is Linderball the rookie center going to be that? Because in all reality, they could go shine JC Treader, which I don't know why they haven't. But they could have him just to reassure, like no matter if Linderball, and I'm not saying Linderball is going to be bad, but it's just like we're putting a lot on a rookie center to be like, yo, please hold this down. And what if like he doesn't? acclimate right away uh i definitely think there's a weapon problem but he did get uh isaiah likely from uh coastal carolina i think he's gonna be a dog but i mean it's another tight end we do need another receiver i just think having rashard bateman and we're gonna run three tight end sets i don't know if people are gonna let you flash back to 2019 big trust i got faith in lamar jackson yeah, I, I got okay, faith no. in Lamar Jackson. My faith ain't not in Lamar. Like he's gonna put up numbers, but the thing is, how is his how is his numbers gonna look against stacked up against other quarterbacks? Because there's a weird thing we didn't talk about it, but I, I meant to bring this up. There's three, there's four quarterbacks on here that make a difference in not just throwing the ball, like at, uh, like an insane impact. It's Kyler, him, Herbert, and uh, Allen. All four of them can have some insane impact using their legs. Jalen Hurts too. We put him down. No, because I'm saying like arm talent wise, where those dudes are and what they can do with their legs, it puts them in another, and especially Lamar, it puts okay. them in a whole different stratosphere. So yeah. that's why I'm like those th- those four dudes. You're like, damn, bro. Like, but the, I feel like all those four, the other three dudes have better weapons. That's facts. 
So he's not, they're not like, hey, you know, we need you to run for a thousand. So I just, it, it's just a lot of pieces. And the injured dudes are coming back. I just saying his numbers might not be as good as everybody else, considering what has transpired this offseason. But I think okay. it's amazing. I'm, I just, every year, Lamar's passing seems to get significantly better. Yeah. And he probably and, would have been a, he probably might have snatched the MVP low key last year if he didn't get injured. Because he yeah. had ungodly numbers before he got in. And I just believe that the, another jump is coming in his accuracy and timing with the ball that it's going gonna, it's gonna to look amazing. I also feel like the run game is going to be easier and better for him. Because if you're thinking you're going to run three tight end sets, that's a lot of dudes to be up there blocking in your general offensive set. And you get all the injured running backs back. Because, like, did y'all lose running back one and two last year? We lost one, two, and three. People <laughs> don't realize that. We lost the returner that was the third running back. We lost him. We lost Marcus Peters. We lost a couple other defenders. Like, we lost a lot of people. But how are they going to be coming back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is Marcus going to be jumping every ball like he used to? Is he able to jump? Is J.K. Dobbins able to establish off the base where he was and take off? J.K. is nice. Yeah, but is he going to be that nice again? Is Gus the bus still going to be the bus? You know what I mean? So it's just like a lot. And I feel like it's – to flash back to 2019, I feel like it's kind of tricky. You know what I mean? But I also get it because they already know that system. If you only add a couple new wrinkles, you're not switching everything on everybody. But okay. I still would fire. I still would have fired Greg Roman, though. So that's besides the point. Still <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I actually, I'm actually concerned with the Ravens' defense this year. But yeah, there's no fucking pass rusher. I'm super concerned too. You can get all the DBs you want. Hey, I do it on Madden. You have all the DBs you want. If them boys don't get to nobody, guess what you sit there doing? Oh man, bro, this man threw the ball or his quarterback ran for a couple. Like I just think they need to establish that, and not with Calais Campbell or Justin Houston. Like you gotta, you're not gonna go get a receiver. At least get a pass rusher. Yeah, the dude, they got the young dudes. Though, I'm not gonna lie, and Calais is still playing pretty good for his age. But he's not a sack master. Uh, we saw uh, R.I.P. to Jalen Ferguson. We uh, yeah. he passed yesterday, and then uh, uh, Goose and his real name was damn, I forget Goose real name. Tony Sagusa, Siragusa, Siragusa. Yeah, he yeah. was a dog. I remember I used to see like them that early Raiders teams highlights, and I like and he has a he he appears in the Sopranos like for a <laughs> brief stint. Okay, that makes sense. All right. So the next two are surprisingly young, right? At number four, we had Joey Burr with the score of 15. And right after Joe, we had Justin Herbert with the score of 20. So that's like not, a, that's actually a pretty big gap. Like it's, it's, it's bigger than the gap we had between one and two. And it's bigger than the gap between three and four. Real quick question. Next 10 years, you want Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Are you saying with them on their current teams? On their current teams, the way they're being constructed, next 10 years, who are you taking? I would honestly take Joe because, listen to this, Joe had the highest QBR or the highest completion percentage at everybody last year. And people knew that they were essentially throwing the ball. You know what I mean? Like, Joe Mason is great, but, like, their offensive line is off. So, I think (laughs) – I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I I go Burrow. I think Herbert is a wild card. I do think he looks – he's, like, ungodly, like Aaron Rodgers ungodly type. But I think you could probably have something like a Drew Brees, Peyton Manning special with just Joe consistent. You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. I – right now – not I saying do. he's them dudes, but I'm saying like just the way that they might dominate the league going forward. Yeah, for that decade, I'm I'm not against that. Look, right now I also had Joe Burrow above Justin Herbert, but below some of the people that we have coming later on in this list. And Joe Burrow just seems like he's going to go on an absolute tear next year. Like he has an offensive line. Like draft day, everybody did the meme where like. <laughs> You draft Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow will get sacked. The ball would never get there. And, like, lo and behold, that is what ends up costing them the Super Bowl. And Cincinnati does something they never really do. They started paying bread 
bread, bread to make a change. And like, they feel like they can go for it. And like, if Joe Burrow had the highest completion percentage last year with no offensive line, and he looks like he might have a top five offensive line coming into this year, the way they spent money on it, it's going to be hard to count him out. I don't know if it's a top five. I think with Lyle Collins from Dallas, that's a steal for sure at right tackle. But I don't, I'd say top 10. I don't think they, they're, people could say they're jumping. I don't know. Because all they did was him. They had Alex Kappa from the Bucks, and I think they drafted somebody, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I believe that's I believe that's the case. They have uh, Ted Karras, Karasas, Alice Kappa, Lyle Collins, and Jonah Williams now as their yeah. starting offensive line. It gives a solid. I mean, I think it just helps them stay balanced now because you know Joe Mixon can get off, but now you're like, okay, Joe's gonna have time, so maybe these routes. I mean. Jamar Chase was beating everybody down the field anyway. So maybe these routes, it opens it up for Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins running. And they all run every route. Like, it's not like one dude doesn't run. Like, I don't know. It's just the connection that they have. Some dudes have better connections. Some dudes are like, but it looks like Joe has a connection with all of them. It's just elite with Chase. Okay. So at six and seven, we have a tie at 21 total points. And I actually had both of these guys over Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert personally. But we have Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford tied at 21 for six and seven. I think Rodgers' career has clearly been better than Matthew Stafford's. I would be shocked if Matthew Stafford didn't have a better year than Rodgers next year. I, I feel comfortable saying that. I think... We're going to see the conservative Rodgers we normally see, where he won't throw that many picks. But I think we're not going to have the security blanket of Devontae Adams. So normally you could count for Devontae Adams, maybe he gets 15 targets. He's catching 10 to 13 and a two touchdowns or a touchdown for 100 yards at least, right? Now I think you're going to see that. Those target shares get spread out, uh, whoever, the rookie, Tanya coming back from the injury, which I think is going to be tough. But I think maybe his his passing attempts just go down and they just go, hey, you know, we know you're not going to throw us into trouble, so let's just run it. You know, and I feel like that's what they're going to do. And I feel like as the opposite for Matthew Stafford, I feel like we're getting Allen Robinson, who's a big target. He's physical. He's going to get the best quarterback he's ever had. And then you're going to pair him with Cooper Cup. You still got the possibility of snagging Odell. And then in the midst of that, Cam Akers is coming back, like, fully healthy. Like, it, I think they're going to be kind of scary. Like, not kind of. I think it's going to be scary, especially if that Odell snag comes through. Oh. All right, so fantasy fantasy draft. You're drafting your quarterback. Both Rodgers and Stafford are available. Which one are you taking for next season? Who's taking, Sam? Uh, I'm taking Stafford. I just think that when you're – it's tough – to when you want to think about pure skill versus the situation, I think you have to just like walk the fine line of trying to account for both. And I just, I think Matthew Stafford has so many more weapons like y'all were just listing. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't even know who I see is Aaron Rodgers' number one target. Like Tanya, as you said, coming back from injuries, question mark. Lazard has looked good in stints, but staying on the field. Huge question mark. Rookie, maybe good. I don't know that much about him, but um, that's a lot to ask for for someone coming into their first year. So I have Aaron Rodgers outside my top 10 for this season, and I'm fully open to the possibility of being proven wrong. He's proven doubters wrong multiple times and gone for MVP campaigns after having similar question marks of like, does he have enough weapons? But uh, losing Devontae Adams is just, I think, can't really be understated. Is like he always had that to fall back on. It's like, uh, yes, he doesn't have a ton of options, but he does have arguably the best option in the league. And losing that, I think, is just huge. It's a bigger deal than than Pat Mahomes losing Tyreek Hill, in the my opinion. Is, so it's gonna go crazy though. So that's why yeah. I'm saying, like, the whole thing of hey, we could essentially do what. Cleveland does what these rush run heavy teams do because they have two running backs, and they, and they could be like, hey, we're just gonna run, you know, Aaron. We'll let you throw the ball fifteen times. I don't think Aaron's gonna be cool with that. So maybe it's probably like twenty to twenty five. But to who? 
Aaron Jones is going to have like eight of those no, targets. Aaron Jones, is gonna get, his usage is going to be like that CMC usage where it's ungodly. AJ Dillon yeah. probably going to have a big usage. Like it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm for fantasy especially. Like I'm high on Aaron Jones, but less high on Rodgers. I would say. Okay, yeah, I could see that definitely. I'm with that. At eight, we had Kyler Murray. That felt a little high for me, y'all. I ain't going to lie. Kyler Murray at eight felt a little high for me. The talent is clearly there with Kyler Murray. The weapons, he definitely has them, although he's going to miss D-Hop for like four games, right? No, uh, it's, it thought it was like six or eight. Oh. It's not four. I'm, it's not four? Oh, here. He had like, he had like um, Asterin in his system. I, I don't know what he had in the system. Something illegal, though. Yeah, uh, I think they finally released what it was. It's six games. You are correct. It is definitely six games. Uh, so he's going to miss D-Hop for the first half of the season. And it's interesting because every season, Kyler Murray kind of peters out towards the mid, towards the end. Right? And it's just, it's not consistent enough for me to have him in my top 10 quarterbacks right now. Like, who would you, who would you put? I'm going to take... I'm going to say something that people are going to think sounds actively. Carr. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And you know it. Yes, I am. And you know it. I take Derek Carr over Kyler Murray this year in a heartbeat. So hold on. A heartbeat. Is where are you putting Wilson? Uh, so I had Wilson personally on my list. Wilson was number 10, right? But Wilson on this list is actually number nine right after Kyler. So I we have Kyler and Wilson back to back right there. I feel like Kyler is a top ten, but the only question mark is he's not going to have Hop for six games, and people are saying Hop is kind of on the decline. He's not playing as good, which I don't know if that's really true. Still he's think, yeah, I, I still think he's all elite talent. But the issue with Kyler, Kyler has the same issues <laughs> that Russell and Drew Brees has. He's a small dude. Like people yell, like say Russ can't throw from the pocket because he can't. Like he can throw from the pocket, but they're like he can't see as good from the pocket. Essentially, so you have things like that. Kyler's gonna deal with. I don't think he's gonna be bad. I think it's probably gonna be one of those RPO offenses for a little bit. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be bad. I just eight was rich for me for Kyler Murray. Just like he. The talent is clearly there. The dual threat potential is clearly there. It just we just have not seen it over an entire season. Yeah, I think I probably my ranking probably is what moved him up because I I think I just have him making a huge jump this year because I agree we haven't seen it yet. So I'm just I have him at six, just predicting where he'll be at the end of the year, not not where he's off coming from last year. And I just think he has just so much talent, so much potential, and enough weapons to make it work that I see it progressing this year and not just looking like an MVP candidate for two weeks, but longer into the season, hopefully. Yeah, he, I, I mean, the talent is definitely there, like we said. It's just a matter of finishing it through and then staying healthy, I feel like. Because he's not bad. Arm talent-wise, he's making the throws. He's mobile. It's just... I. Uh, just like in the pocket, those throws were like, you know, you're not going to have the time to roll, you know? All right. Now we had Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, new team, Denver Broncos. Overall, different weapons. I'm not going to say better, especially the wide receiving area, because DK and Tyler Lockett are nice. I like Jerry Judy. He is, he's nice. I he, like Cortland Sutton. collectively he's better. nice. The tight end spot, like, no, I, I'm saying like the receivers having three receivers is better than having two receivers. Having three receivers that aren't as good as the other two is better. Kyle, all right, Tyler Lockett's the best one out of all of them, right? Yeah, and then two, I'm probably taking Cortland Sutton in before he got injured. Okay, Cortland over DK. That that's going to be interesting when we get to wide receivers they, later on. I think Cortland runs slightly better routes. And I think he has better hands. DK is just this physical specimen of untapped potential that could just soar. But the thing is, he has to get to that. So he's not there yet. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to okay. put him over. And Cortland could get better, too. That's not saying Cortland's like 
is where he's at. His ceiling is pretty high too. But I just feel like Russ will probably have a better year with Cortland having that unit he has now. But it's going to, like you said, it's going to take time to gel. It's a whole new unit, different atmosphere. It's more windier. It's, I mean, shit, Seattle is windy, but like, I don't think it's getting mile high windy. At least he has a real offensive minded coach. And he has an offensive line. He has a left tackle and bowls that's going to protect him. He has a young center that could be promising. Like, he got pieces to protect him. Their defense is pretty, they probably got maybe the best defense in that division, maybe. Okay, so what's y'all ceiling for Russell Wilson coming into this season? Like yards or just like ranking? Like I want to see like yards, touchdowns, overall team performance because that team is going to have to move with Russ. They used to move through their defense, but that was because that's Fangio's thing and they fired Fangio. I think it's going to be one of those things they, they teeter on getting into the wild card. I don't think they're going to win the division. People are saying they're going to win the division. I think it's a lot, a lot to ask of that team. But I think it's going to be tiered on sneaking into the wild card and then giving people a run for their money from there. Russ is probably going to go over 4,000. He's going to be at probably at like the 4,000 mark. And then I think he's probably going to throw a couple interceptions. So I don't think it's going to be – I think there's going to probably be some balls he might miss or – tip for whatever reason i say he probably has 10 plus interceptions oh i i mean the last time russ went for 4k was in 2020 so that's not crazy he did it in 2019 too so I, i'm not i'm not against that i'm not against that number 10 and number 10 is important for me all right Derek carr is our number 10 quarterback here what is- and I got to speak to y'all about this. Derek Carr might currently be the most underrated quarterback going into this year. And I know everybody's like, it's Derek Carr. But at this point, they have surrounded Derek Carr with just like an all-star cast of weapons. He has Devontae Adams, who was arguably the best wide receiver in the league for the past two years. And it's not like his connection with Devontae is new. It's no, old. It's old, old. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I spent that to click early. Darren Waller is like a top, what, four tight end in the league? Five at, at worst. Hunter Renfro, one of the most underrated route runners in the league. Like, third in Renfro is 100% a thing for a reason. Like, the weapons around this man are nice. They are nice, nice. And I actually expect Derek Carr to take a big jump in people's, like, projections of him. So, like, I like Derek Carr at 10. Personally, I had him at nine, so that, that's not way too far off where I had him, but I really think Derek Carr is going for a very big season. Where are y'all at on Carr? Well, I'll let Sam go first. I agree with you, and I'm kind of regretting where I, where I ranked him, honestly. I had him at 13. Uh, one person I think that I, I would move him up above in retrospect is maybe Dak. Um, just with... The, the amount of options he has, Dak losing Amari Cooper and just always have injury concerns when thinking about the Cowboys just in general. Um, but I like Derek Carr going into the season. Uh, I think Oakland will win that division. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you said. I, I have him outside the top ten in my initial ranking. Um, but, I mean, he ended up. QB five last year in terms of passing yards and you're adding Devonte Adams to that. And I'm, I'm a full believer in like the Joe Burrow, Jamar chase college connection to pros is like a real thing. Um, obviously it's been longer since these two have played together, but I still think it will translate. So yeah, I think I'd move him up a little bit on mine for sure. I think uh, I have him at 12. I got Kurt above him. Everybody else above him is people Kurt? I would still. Yeah, I got Kurt. Kurt's getting the offensive mind coach for once because they fired old boy. I mean, he got the weapons. The weapons are still the weapons. So it's hot. And he somehow, Kurt knows how to just put up numbers. And, you know, maybe they don't get anywhere, but Kurt's going to put up numbers and just be able to be in this weird territory where people can't say, hey, Kurt isn't good because we're not counting win losses. We're counting just what he does off his production. I think for. Uh, Derek Carr, I think it's the offensive line, really. Like, I that's my biggest concern. 
you know, it's Alex uh, Leather Leatherwood, the guard. I think they took. Is the he gonna? Be, yeah, is he gonna actually play better? Play good? Like they need him to. I think that's where my questions are. I don't necessarily think it's gonna be Carr because he guys he guys do is get open with with five yards. Like they can shake someone off them in five yards. <laughs> so that's not a problem. Derek <laughs> Darren Waller is probably gonna have a big year. Because Darren Waller, you're not going to be able to hang two over him anymore. I think that is going to be kind of scary. Devontae's going to get his. But between Darren Waller and maybe Hunter Renfro, one of the two. And if I had to pick, I'm going Waller's going to have a probably insane year. Okay, I like that. I like that. So Dak Prescott is actually our 11. And Kirk Cousins is our 13. Right, And I want to talk about these two because I feel like at some point, Kirk Cousins might be the white Dak Prescott. Yeah. It's like it's like your your completion percentage is going to consistently be really good. You're going to consistently put up relatively strong numbers, like that. Shoot, that shows like you're definitely in the top half of quarterbacks in the league. But the thing that's missing is just like the postseason wins and appearances with the numbers that you're putting up. Dak is interesting because. Dallas is going all in on CeeDee Lamb being that number one guy. That's scary as fuck. Have you seen the way this man drops the ball? Just, you're out your rabbit ass mind. And you let, bro, the crazy shit is Amari Cooper don't always be engaged. I'm not going to lie. He don't always be engaged. But one thing for sure is he runs good routes and he probably going to catch the ball when you throw it to him. This and you let him go for a fifth, what a fifth round pick to Cleveland? Yeah. After they gave up a first for him like two years ago. Dog. I don't know. And you're betting on Michael Gallup coming back from the injury being ready to just roll. And mm-hmm. then you're running with the same running backs you had. I just I don't think I mean you're gonna get a healthy Dak though. That's the only good thing. This year Dak should be healthy from his injuries and be able to roll from there. But you're taking away less weapons and you're gonna put more pressure on him. So I don't think he responds in a positive light. Essentially, okay, okay. So I'll, we got to talk about our twelve, and this twelve is going to put Marquise on the spot because uh, our twelve is Tom Brady. And before you're like, "What the hell are these boys doing?" Right? Uh, I want to just specify that me personally, Anthony had Tom Brady as his fifth best quarterback, no, fourth best quarterback in the league, and Sam had Tom Brady at nine. Marquise refused to rank Tom Brady, which gave him a total addition of 27 no, to, be no. at, <laughs> to be at 38. There were two people on this list I felt like did not need to be on this list for various reasons. One was honorarily disincluded from my list. You know why? Because he has, what, six goddamn rings. And every time someone compares them to the dudes that are active now, you can compare them off his last season. But then somehow the conversation of past seasons get brought up awkwardly. And it is a disadvantage to bring up those rings and you're talking about current players. And I feel like he is just on his next adventurous mission just collecting whatever's left. Like, because he's already done it. So I don't think there was a need to include him. Can he? And another thing is people forget. He was like, the Bucks saved him in a way because the talent there was so big. He didn't have a talent in, in New England. You saw that he wasn't the same dude that could make dudes look good. You know? Did they just not give him good enough people to make look good? Because exactly. he made no, Scotty no. Miller look good. Yeah, but but Scotty was paired with other people. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to make people look good that weren't paired with other dudes that you could put on top and be like, yeah, you're going to look good. You know what I mean? So I think that that's why I didn't include him. I didn't include Deshaun fucking Watson. Obvious reasons don't need to be discussed. About 24 reasons why I didn't include Deshaun Watson, right? But those are the people I didn't include. If I had to put Brady in there, based off last year, he would easily be a top 10 quarterback. Pushing top five, probably top five, because I probably bumped Lamar because Lamar got injured, and I'm, we're, we're basing it off of what we think they're going to do. And then uh, their outlook of their team. I think the Bucks will struggle a little bit. Goblin's coming back from the injury. There's probably not going to be a Gronk for a couple weeks. Maybe he comes back playoff time. But there's no Gronk right now. 
Uh, they did get an addition on the line with Shaq Mason, but they lost the other guard, the left guard. He retired. Their center Jensen came back, saved the day for the Bucks because the Bucks almost lost everybody. Tom said, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to retire." But he said, "Okay, I'm coming back." I just think it's just not going to be the same team as late. I feel like if, if Tom, as much as people bet on him having a bad year, I'm not betting on it. But if it was going to be a year where he struggled a little bit, it'd probably be this year. But he does have Mister Consistent and Mike Evans, so he has a receiver he knows and get a thousand yards. I think just not having Gronk and maybe not being able to utilize utilize Godwin how you did. Maybe his numbers take a dip. Maybe he just struggles a little bit there. But I don't think he's going to be the worst quarterback you can think of on the on the like on the in the league. You know, not at all. I don't think we'll ever see that. But I think maybe his numbers aren't going to be as good as what they were. Okay, you can't compare. You just can't fucking compare. Like you can't. That's like comparing a dude in one happy marriage that got to a dude that got divorced six times. I mean, you compare you compared them. One is quite good at marriage. The other one is quite bad. <laughs> but that means you got six chances to get divorced. <laughs> you even got the chance to get one championship. You got what I'm saying? All right, I'm with you. I'm with you. We talked about Kirk Cousins being at 13. I want to move on to 14, and I want to ask Sam about this because Sam had this player higher than everybody else on this list by a significant margin. At 14, we got Jalen Hurts from the Eagles. Sam had him at his seven spot, right below Kyler. Talk to me about what you expect to see from Jalen Hurts this year. I think I expect to see a really big jump in a couple of different areas one is just overall efficiency i don't think he's gonna throw for four thousand yards or or anything like that but i'd like to see completion percentage go up uh interceptions go down uh touchdowns go up he got a big weapon over the offseason with the addition of aj brown um and i just think the rushing is always going to be there and improve i like what they put around him with Devontae Smith coming into his second year. Uh, like I said, A.J. Brown. Hopefully, Miles Sanders stay healthy. But, yeah, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to not give us, like, a Lamar Jackson-level season, but hopefully jump into that range of top 10, top 5 quarterback with his uh, ability to be a threat on the ground and improved passing ability. And, I mean, he threw for – three something thousand last oh. year so if he could bump that up just a little bit even top five um i think they would take that i have him at seven so not top five but maybe in the conversation i would like to see so last year he threw for 3100 yards 16 touchdowns and nine interceptions i think if he could bump that up to like 34 100 passing yards, get it up to closer to like 18, 19 touchdowns and cut the interceptions down. Uh, nine is actually pretty good. So I think really bumping the touchdowns up is the main thing. I mean, he's if he's throwing under 10 interceptions on the season, I think the main thing is hopefully just being able to convert with his arm a little bit more in the red zone. Because I don't ever think he's going to be like slinging it down the field, 60 yards, getting touchdowns that way um but if he could increase his red zone efficiency and you know continue to build on what he's done on the ground i think he could be one of the one of the really sort of like most improved guys next year all right i have a i want to like you seem a little incredulous about this marquise Let's just talk about the Lamar Jackson MVP season. That's like 2019. He's not even fucking close to that. He, look, well, well, give me a second. Right, okay, the, okay. the touchdowns, well, the touchdowns are not close. I agree, but Lamar threw for 3,100 yards at that year and rushed for 1,200. Yeah, yeah, twelve hundred. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna give him every single yard he rushed for. I'm not gonna shortchange him. Right, through 3,100 and 1,200 rushing yards. Right. How close do you think Jalen Hurts can actually get to that? Because he already got to the 3,100 passing yards last season. He's not rushing that because he's not elusive. People forget the thing that makes Lamar and Vic that so much different when they play quarterback. Well, Lamar specifically, Lamar's one to like the fifth gear is insane. Like the get up and get gone is really crazy. 
And then you add his change of direction, how he can make people miss. Jalen Hurts does not have in his tool bag to make people miss like that. Now, he can he move? for 750. Can he Last move? And there? 10 touchdowns. But that's the thing. The touchdowns, you know, you're a big dude. You're kind of invasive. You can do the Josh Allen. Once I get under 10 yeah, yards, yeah. Which I'm running in the end zone, <laughs> and you're going to have to hit me, bro. Like, Josh, Josh Allen says that every play. Like, when they get within 10, he's like, shit, all right, bro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best camp. Come hit me. And I'm gonna ca- try to carry you to the touchdown, but I think Jalen Hurts. I don't think he can he can put on that type of r- rushing game. I think he could probably get higher in his passing game because of the weapons. But I don't think he'll. I think his weapons should allow him to have a better pa- better passing game. That is right. But I think Lamar's passing, like you said, is getting better and better. So don't compare him to 2019 Lamar Jackson, not, not 2022 okay, Lamar not, Jackson. I'm talking with 2019 because you said he was short, what, 3,000 yards and he wasn't close he, to touchdown. He, he, no, he was short like uh, short 300 yards in rushing, 300 yeah. yards in rushing. And, and like what? probably like uh, I think 15 touchdowns. I'm not going front because uh, Lamar had like 36 touchdowns that okay, year. Okay, thank you. But, like you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. But look, if he yeah, goes for like 4,000, 1K. Like if he goes for like four thousand passing yards and like one thousand rushing yards, he goes four thousand. Hey, bro, I'll give you a hundred dollars. I will say hey, he hey, only hey, needs. <laughs> okay. He, hey, hold on. He, Let's put some stipulations on it. Hold on, Sam. Stipulations. Because I'm not just coming off this. I'm cheap. I ain't just coming off. Because let me break this down. He only needs fourteen more yards a game to okay. get to a thousand rushing yards. So like, I, I I could see that happening. Listen, not he gonna uh, Ant for this for you to get this hundred dollars. He needs to throw four thousand. Mm-hmm. He has to clip Lamar's touchdown from that MVP season. Oh, uh, he ain't gonna do that. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. But I'm gonna still like look. I'm just like yeah. talk about he got to score forty touchdowns in the season to get the money. Come on. <laughs> so that year, I would have had Lamar number one overall player overall quarterback so compared to that i have jalen hurts at number seven so i'm not saying he's gonna like even live up to that but somewhere approaching the that's his ceiling but he can get a couple a couple stair levels below and still be good exactly exactly i mean yeah he he has the abilities like he's not garbage i just think he's he's maybe not top 10 because i think there's obviously people like kirk cousins and Dak Prescott, that I rather be efficient and just hold there. Kirk Cousins has been holding the spot where he's always been. Where hey, you can't really not include me in the top ten, but you can put me up there if you want. Uh, no, Kirk Cousins has always been in that thirteen to fifteen range with Matt Ryan. He sneaks in at ten or or ten or nine because people are like, look at the numbers. Maybe for them, not for me, player, not for me. I feel like Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan have consistently occupied that like 13 to 15. Like you can't say they're not in the better half of starting quarterbacks in the league and be objective. Don't the Eagles I would got say, a first? Like don't the projecting, Eagles got a first, a first round pick? My bad, Sam. Don't they got no, a first no, no. from when they uh, traded Carson? They got the one last year. Don't they got another one this year? So I want to say this is going to be the year that Jalen, for them to be like, yes, we're going to roll with him, which I don't think there's a problem with rolling with him, but for them to be like, we're not going to go draft another quarterback. He's going to have to have a, a not a Lamar year, but in that stratosphere type year. That's why you get A.J. Brown. You are correct. You get A.J. Brown, so there are, like, near no excuses. Yeah. It's you what they're Jay- doing with Tua. It's like, we gave you everything. So if you can't do it, you're not him. I think there's, a, there's some big differences between those. It's the same concept. I'm just saying, like when no, you yeah, give same the, concept, different, yeah. different, different landing spots on the teams of where they're situated. Okay, so 15, we have Matt Ryan with the Colts this upcoming year. I feel like this is reasonable for Matt Ryan. I don't find Matt Ryan to be all that interesting, but I expect him to have a good season with the Colts. They don't if, have. He doesn't. He doesn't have a Calvin Ridley. He doesn't have a Calvin Ridley. He doesn't have a Julio Jones. Um, he damn sure don't got a Kyle Pitts. He does have a Michael Pittman, who I think Michael Pittman, his ceiling will be like a Mike Evans type receiver. I think Mike Pitt, Michael Pittman can be pretty, pretty awesome. I don't think he's bad. I think he just got some things to work on. They got JT. JT's a top five running back. Damn sure ain't one because it's Derrick Henry, but people are saying he's one, but I'm taking Derrick King Henry. So 
but he does have a team that's better put together. Offensive lines, respectable. Really good. Really good, respectable. And then the defense is insane. They just added Gilly. I think yeah. that's a, I think Matt Ryan, granted, he's in a tough conference in the AFC, but when you stack up that division, he's definitely a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. Okay. I don't, think, I don't think if he played for Tennessee last year that when they just needed Tannehill to get that one win while old boy was out, Ryan Tannehill or Ryan Matt Ryan definitely could have got that one win. Okay, I'm with you. I like that. Let's I want uh, let's talk about number sixteen and with the combined score of fifty two. Sixteen is Jameis Winston, and Sam had Jameis Winston dead at sixteen on his list. So, like, that's that's actually pretty good. What are we going to see from Jameis and the Saints this upcoming year? You probably follow the Saints closest. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. Uh, no Camara, probably for, like, six games. But <laughs> I, I think Jameis just has so much more to work with this year. Obviously, coming off injury, uh, there's always a question there. But it, from everything that's been reported, he's recovering well and expected to meet the timeline of being ready. To go, so I, I think just like given all the additions that the Saints have at wide receiver, Jameis is just kind of set up to have a much better year. Even though from what we saw from him last year, he was looking pretty good, even with the sort of limited amount of options he did have. So I'm pretty optimistic that even though I have him at 16, I feel like I'm just kind of doing the thing where I don't want to overhype him just because I'm rooting for him, trying to be too objective and. Because of that, I think I have him maybe a, like one spot lower than I would actually want to put him, maybe two. But yeah, I think he'll be in or near. I think he'll be in the top half of starting quarterbacks in the league, like top 15 uh, guy. And I think he can, yeah, if the main thing is just cut down on interceptions, continue to limit turning the ball over, keep the ball in the offense's hand. And I think he has a lot more weapons to help do that. Hopefully he won't be trying to force it to to one of them hey. because he has a multitude now. So The weapons were never Jameis's issue because he had Godwin and Mike Evans and O.J. Howard and was throwing the 50-50 hey, ball. Don't act like O.J. Howard was like that. Like he was not like how he was the hype train what O.J. was supposed to be. Granted, the Bills just stole him, but he was not at the hype train of what he was when he was talked about. But but Godwin and Evan were. Yeah, I think Sam, like Sam said, James, he's it's definitely comeback season for James. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a big year, like top ten year. Oh, okay. I love that. Okay. I'm not saying like it's definite, but I'm saying he could be in that category where he's like a fringe, where he's like either. He's top 10, or he's, like, on the outside looking in. He's, like, that 10 to 13 range. Like, he's barely missed it because you're going to get him. He got, he's going to have Chris Olave with some killer speed. Michael Thomas back 100% healthy, I hope. And then you have, like you said, you might not have Kamara for a couple of games. And then you're going to have Jarvis. That defense in the back half of it is looking crazy. I think they're going to. You got to think, they used to give Tampa a run for their money with the team that they had this past couple of years. So you're going to say, hey, you know, we got some more weapons. Even before Jameis got injured, they were doing good. So okay. I'm not saying they're going to knock Tampa for the number one seed that division, but I'm saying they're going to be a problem. All right, 17. We got Ryan Tannehill at 17 with just one more point than Jameis Winston. At this point... Personally, I feel like Ryan Tannehill is, you know, just all all pro he is who he is team, which is significantly better than we thought when he was in Florida playing for the Dolphins. But like I ain't trying to hear that. Malik Malik coming for the job, bro. <laughs> I ain't never want someone to take somebody's job so bad a day in my life. Oh my God. All right. I feel like I feel like that's that that's a fair that's a fair triage for Teddy Hill. I want to talk about eighteen because I actually thought this was this was huge because this is the only person coming off of their rookie season to make it in our top twenty list. And in eighteen, we had Mac Jones. And I feel like at this point, if you take your Ryan Tannehill at seventeen, 
Mac Jones at 18 don't sound crazy to me. He's accurate with the ball. He'll put it where it needs to go. The ceiling is clear, but the floor is very high. And based off the way that he played, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I think it's just not flashy. So a lot of people probably wouldn't have them in their top 20 um, just because the way he gets it done is, is just pretty straightforward. But he just wins. Like, he won in Alabama. He's, he's winning with the Patriots. I think they're going to continue to get better with him with him leading the way. So I like Mac Jones. He's just steady. Like it's it's not gonna be sexy. It's not gonna wow you, but like you're gonna look up at the end of a bunch of games and the Patriots are gonna be up. And the thing I really like about him is just his pace. He seems to control the clock really, really well. Probably something he picked up from his time just with Saban under Belichick. And I think that just like a quarterback coached by those two people, you're like hard pressed to find someone who's probably had better teachers as far as like winning situations go. So I'm a believer. Okay. I don't mind that. I don't mind this at all, to be honest. Like even Cam on the pivot recently where he was like, think about the bottom of the top 32 quarterbacks and say they're better than me. And they were like, what about Mac? And Cam was like, Mac is clearly top 20. And like, I, yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, so I'm, I, I, don't, I don't mind this. Huh? I got him at 14. Okay, yeah. Okay, the facts. I just I just feel like the ceiling is very high, and I like that for the Brandon football the Patriots play. At number 19, we ended up with Deshaun Watson, which, like, that makes sense. I, like, I, I had him, like, pretty low. I feel like we all had him relatively low, but, like, low. not at the bottom. I didn't put him when on the had, list. I had 24 I was reasons get to there. put him on the list. I was going to get there. I promise you. You're not wrong. And there's a good oh. chance he don't play at all this upcoming season. And, that, like, it, look, it, it's, it's just looking bad for Deshaun for clear reasons. And that's all I can really say about it. But we all know the last time he was actually on a field, which is now over a year, it's over a season ago, the man led the, led the league in passing yards with no team. Basically. Wasn't it a losing season? It was with okay. no team. I got a better point. All right, mm-hmm. there's three. There's three of us in here right now, right? Mm-hmm. If you add two more, that's five. Mm-hmm. One in five women get raped. Did you guys know that? I feel like I've heard a similar statistic. One in five, right? So there's 24 women. One in five. What are you at that possibly got raped? If you go off just that number of one in five. I feel like that's a backward statistic because one in five would say like, How's yeah, there's 20, there's 24, there's 24 cases, of right? them, right? Yes. Five but, times five is 25. So that means five women. So now you're saying, okay, minus one is 24. So it would be four, it would be four and a half women or something like that. Oh, okay. the reason why I think it's backwards is because like, it's clear Deshaun in this situation has a serial issue in which like the statistics like are a little skewed when like my man is putting up numbers. There's no way that he doesn't catch a, a ungodly suspension though. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I he might not play this season. I didn't include him because there's no way 24 women are lying, bro. Okay. There's just, there's no way. That you have sixty different masseuses in that time frame, something's wrong, and the Texans just magically know about it and just they're okay. It so they were. Did y'all read the New York Times thing? They were paying for the hotel rooms. They they magically knew about it. They were enabling it between them and Cleveland. The organizations need to be held accountable because Cleveland knew something was going to come up, which is it's kind of smart in their end. We're like, all right, bro, we're just going to make your salary one mil, one mil, and then whatever, because we know you're going to get suspended at some point. I just, I don't, I don't know what you give them, but it's just, and people are saying because I got to talk about it because the women took the settlements. Fun fact, they're even time because my major is criminology. The justice system doesn't deliver justice equally to everybody. Minorities and women have a un, they don't get the right justice that they deserve, like in the justice system. And then women, especially dealing with sexual assaults, deal with the backlash of, oh, she asked for it, why was she wearing that, blah, blah, blah. People rape because they rape, whatever. It's that. It's not because the women did this, 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 this. 
So it's just, it's crazy, bro. It's no facts. It's annoying. I, no, facts, if you offered me five million dollars, and per se, I got raped, but I knew there wasn't enough for whatever reason. There's not enough evidence, or the the police department wouldn't give do me any justice. Five million dollars is life changing. That's I probably say more justice that I would have got. I, I, that five million is more justice. All they I could got. get was money already because the grand juries declined to move the case, move criminal cases forward. So at this point, all they could ever get in justice was money. So exactly. I don't really feel like they should be slighted for settling because in a literal sense, since the grand juries refused to prosecute, right? So criminal so charges are not moving forward. The only recourse they could get in a civil case is money. Right. Someone, someone give, offered to give you two million dollars for a settlement. You gonna say no, Sam? I don't think they got two million dollars, but no, I would. Right, let's let's be generous and say they got a uh, two five hundred thousand each or four hundred, like two hundred thousand. You said but no. It it don't make sense to say <laughs> no when if you win your case, all you can get is money. Like that's that's the thing because they're refusing to move forward with criminal trials, even if they win their case. All they can get is money. Like, like, like it really like at this point, that was the only outcome settle or go to court and win. The only outcome was going to be monetary because they refused to move forward with criminal charges. So like they're put in between a rock and a hard place as far as like, what is your recourse going to be when the criminal justice system fails you in that aspect of trying to bring up criminal charges on somebody? So I feel like you are 100 percent right. Number 20, by the way, is Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo on our list. I, I actually don't mind it. Jimmy G went to a Super Bowl. We don't know if he's going to play or where he's going to play or what that's going to look like. But his resume says he should be in the top 20. So, I feel like I mean, that's valid. I just think it's the money that San Francisco is kind of like hemmed up on of like keeping him. I think they would keep him without a doubt if the money wasn't an issue. But I think the money's the issue. Having to pay, it's pretty soon pay Nick Bosa, Debo. If you don't move him, it's a pay pay him time. I think they're kind of trying to figure out, like you know, what what essentially what do we do there with that? So I just I don't think he's bad. You already know what he can do. He's he can lead a team to a championship. He did that. He's one throw away. Who's to say uh, what's his face? Manuel Sanders didn't run hard enough, or who's to say Jimmy G just didn't fucking miss him on the throw? Valid. The last guy I want to talk about is our honorable mention at 21 because he is in for probably the most interesting season. It's Tua. Tua was our honorable mention at number 21, and the Dolphins have done everything. Done everything to put him in a great position, upgraded the offensive line, got new running backs that are significantly better, got Tyreek Hill. Do y'all like do y'all think Tua makes the most out of these weapons and solidifies his Ability to be the Dolphins starting quarterback? No. I just don't think he's that guy. It literally sounded like this. Uh, I mean, oh, I, don't, I don't think he does bad, but I don't know how good he does, like, to be honest. So I don't – it's going to look different. Their offense is going to look something ungodly with that much speed on it. So I don't know what what type of route tree is going to look like. Their offensive line is real going to be super dependent on Armstead, the left tackle staying utterly healthy, which I have n- almost next to no faith in that. When you look at the games he's played, health wise, Tua gets a new, a new coach that's probably going to trust him. Like you know, so I think that's a, a benefit to have a coach to trust you instead of one that you know is kind of just dealing with you essentially. So that could be a morale booster. I think his ceiling is a top 15 quarterback. I don't know. He creeps top 10. So okay, from where, I like we, that. where we got him, he could possibly get in the 15 market. But even if he gets in the 15 market, they ain't making the playoffs. Like, I don't I'm, buying, I'm buying the Tom Brady to Miami next year hype. <laughs> All right. That'd be, All right. Because so, somebody, people would follow him if he does go there. You know what I mean? Like, People would just be like, oh, okay, I'll follow. 
Okay, I like this. I like this. That is our top 20 quarterbacks going into the 2022-2023 season. You know, make sure wherever you're listening, you like and subscribe, rate five stars. You can follow us, the Fly Route Podcast, on all flat platforms, the Fly Route Pod, Twitter, Facebook, etc. We are looking forward to giving you all more episodes like this and breaking down all the positions going forward. The Fly Route Pod.